Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> for people to realize what the heck what the heck is going on? I said, this is my show. Well, clearly is it. You're gone. Hi, everyone. It's Beatrice. It's Tammy. And it's Sharon. And welcome to the 32nd episode of the BTS podcast. Ooh, 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 eh. Come we move, on. baby. We move, man. We move, man. And as you guys can tell by the title, we are joined by an amazing guest, a lovely guest. A guest that's going to speak some words today. I'm excited. Let me hmm. not lie to you because I'm playing for Red Day. <laughs> Obviously, do you know how many, how many stories I have screenshotted? <laughs> No. Oh, kill God. me and it's funny because it gives me anxiety whenever i post something i'm like oh no no Critics when you speak to me today when you speak wisdom, wisdom flows. flows honestly i love it so i'm really excited about this conversation we're gonna have today but yeah as you guys can tell from the title we are joined by an amazing guest and i'll let her introduce herself hi everyone i'm tk um a little bit about me i i met I know Beatrice because of Warwick. Uh, yeah. I studied PACE, which is Politics and International Studies. I'm now a human rights and politics student at LSC and yeah. currently applying to work at some think tanks and some doing some PhD endeavours. So that's kind of my, my trajectory, my political Kai. trajectory. Hmm. Trajectory. That's how you know that today's episode is gonna be informative. No, when have I heard anybody else on this podcast say no trajectory? No, nobody. Thirty-two episodes, and no one. My name's Annie, and I'm twenty-five. And that was it. We didn't get no trajectory. I love that. Ad. Can I say I'm so glad. I listened to that rather. It worked. I was creasing. I was cracking. Everyone was at work thinking, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just listening to the baddest podcast ever. That's what I'm doing. You want to know? No, honestly. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. He really came in with some funny stuff, man. That girl was just too hilarious. I love her. Yeah, that was funny. Trust. Um, but yeah, before we jump into the topic, just thought I'll check in to see how everyone is. I hope we're all doing well. No? Okay, I'll go first because I always get put to the last issue. Um Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm fine. Honestly, I just, I say this every week, but I never know what day of the week it is. I never know what happened mm. on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. But, um... Obviously, this week's been a lot, but we're going to get into that into the pod, like in the pod. Mm. But yeah, other than that, it's been all right actually. Um, had a pretty chilled work work week, 
which has been nice. Like, I don't mm. know, recently work's been calm, you know. I think there's I something mean, going it's... on. No, I think there's something going on in the consulting space because it's been a bit quiet in general. Um, I'm confused. Yeah, but mm. it picked up for me today. No, yesterday. But um, yeah, it's been a quiet Monday to Wednesday, to be honest. But yeah, what about you, Tammy and TK? How are you guys? Okay, so my week has been okay. It's been very... Um, it's been a very trying week, obviously, with everything that's been going on, um, with the whole, you know, everyone knows what's been going on. But um, other mm. than that, work has been quite hectic. I'm tired of customers. They're really rude. Um, some of them, they're really rude. And um, some of them are really rude. And that's, that's, <laughs> okay. that's all I have to say. <laughs> No, but honestly, when Tammy brings out that headset, yeah, I don't know why, but it absolutely kills me. Like, that headset is actually the don't, damn don't thing. Don't get it, Don't bring it, Tammy. We don't need to see it. <laughs> we have endured it enough. It's enough. Honestly, honestly. But what about you, TK? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I had work this week. I have essays. I mm. have five not all of which I'm going to do <laughs> so hmm. I have five essays this week all formative so getting that Sorry, done this week this week <laughs> this week oh my there's a reason why I did not even do my stack <laughs> there's a reason even, why I didn't, I didn't even think about it and because... there were five last no forgive me no I have four this week and I had five last month that's what so gives me like, yeah. like, like as if mad different. Obviously, <laughs> that sounds oh, more yeah. like no, that's not that's not easy. And it's funny because they always say when you do masters, like you can work and study. You know, I did it in my twenties mm. because now <laughs> I'm doing it. And I'm thinking, in a pandemic. In a pandemic, mm. I'm thinking like this isn't this. This isn't easy. I'm at work and I'm like, give me an hour off. I'm just going to run upstairs and do my lecture and do my seminar. And I'll be in my seminar with like lights and cameras in the back. And I might where I work is in fashion. So, mm. but my, my, my uh, academic and scholarly mm. environment is very much political. So people are thinking, <laughs> like looking at the back. What's going thinking, on? Mm. Are you not the person that's not saying talking about slave labor? Why am I seeing <laughs> in the background? And I'm there trying to like cover my background, being like, I'm trying to get that bag, but at the same time, I'm here for the cause. Like, sometimes the Russian style the two is a bit like, it's a bit mad. It's a bit I'm mad. So and because I'm vocal in class as well. It's that you can tell people thinking, you of all people, why am I seeing lights, camera, in action and Birkin bags in, your, in, the, in the background? You're doing up Birkin bags, but you're here telling me about human rights. Let's not, TK. Let's not. So it can be a bit difficult to reconcile those two worlds that are like kind of seemingly opposing. But other than that, it's like I'm just living, trying to get by. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. No, that's actually so funny. That is actually a mad juxtaposition when you think about it. It's wild. It's wild. And even when I come into, when I came into the industry, they're like, "So why did you work last?" And I was like, "They're the mayor of Freetown in Sierra Leone." And they were like, ah, oh, okay. Right, okay. Like on both Relevant sides. with transferable skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like on both sides, it's equally as like, yeah. Well, like, but yeah. I love that though. I think that it shows that you're obviously, you know how they say it's called well-rounded person, but like you are a well-rounded mm. person, obviously. It's not just like, you know, 
yeah in the books all the time you're also fashionable you'll be killing yeah. those looks for real. that's another thing for i screenshot fam and bookmark <laughs> Facts. please be bookmarking we've heard about this new algorithm be bookmarking <laughs> <laughs> for real like, i'm doing all of all of it trust 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 i literally tweeted the other day like i'm one of those people i do not care how long my instagram story is i'm gonna repost all my friends if you don't like it then get off my page. You know, we're having discussion, but when our work colleagues like, oh, why is your Instagram story so long? Well, don't watch it then. Don't yeah, watch, watch it, it then. then. There are actually so many other things. You can mute my story. You can <laughs> mute me altogether. You can unfollow me. I didn't even want you to follow me in the first place. Why would I want work people on my on my Instagram? Get out of here, man. I hate Honestly, it. Honestly, it's the worst. I hate it. Oh god, honestly, and you can tell they're just judging like who does this girl think she is? Because obviously, like with Instagram, you have to kind of not put on a facade, but like, do you get know what I'm trying to say? You have to like, you know, really conduct the way you're posting and things like that. So they're thinking, oh, well, we just we work the same thing at our job. Like, what's all this? Like, you're still a and there's, junior here. There's quite a good. I suppose this is a good segue into what we're talking about. The mm. cultural uh mm. implications of black female instagram mm. versus white female instagram are two mm. no, sorry guys are you deep in shabu brought out a pen and paper because this I, is serious I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, in this life be educated <laughs> in this life Stop. be educated right tk said cultural <laughs> differences Oh, Can you get out, Sharon? Don't oh. kill me today. But um, no, honestly. Um... Yeah, so when they say, oh, you know, can I just, oh, let me get your Instagram. In me, I'm thinking, my head's like, dun, dun, dun. Because I'm thinking, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're, it's not, my Instagram is not what you're thinking Instagram is about. Mm. The, the mm-hmm. game is different yeah. when it comes to Instagram in different communities and what we use, like, use it for and what we, how we mobilise our vo- voices on different oh, platforms. Yes, so Trust. True. Wow, Trust. I'm, really, I'm waffling, but I'm... No, I'm no, you're onto something. Sense. You're making sense. So I, that's the reason why I'm so uncomfortable, because I'm like, unless you're very, you're aware of those cultural differences and how we use platforms to mm. be an outlet for, for what we believe, unless you're mm. getting that, then don't come and bother me and say, who do you think you are? You already don't get it. So leave yeah. me alone yeah. and leave me, let me be and let me have this space in which I can feel liberated or at least as liberated exactly. as I can be. As you guys know, we do a song of the week and this week we have a guest, which is TK. So we're going to ask her, what's your song of the week? My song of the week is Energy. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. It's Pa. Is it Sat? It's, it sounds French, you know. I want to say salut. <laughs> but I know I people know are going to be it's like, par salio. And I'm going to be like, oh, well, I've been <laughs> pronouncing it so wrong. But it's Energy featuring Mahalia. And um, wait, do you guys know it Ooh. or no? no? No, I don't. The hook, the chorus hook is basically protect your energy. And I thought it was fitting. Because first of all, it's a banger. Like, it's a bop. I think it's going to be really, really good for festivals. Shout out, Strawberries and Cream. Um, it's going to be good Ready for enough. festivals. <laughs> it's going to be good for summertime, post-COVID-19. It's a feel-good vibe and it's great and stuff. But also I thought it was very fitting, particularly for this podcast and this the last three days, because it's about, I think, as women and as, as black women, we do need to protect our energy and we need to protect our mental health. And there is a lot of protection that is needed, um, which is a great segue onto the protection that Meghan Markle needed from us as a society and she did not get. Hmm. 
Facts. My girl is basically leading the pod today. I don't even mind. I'm going to take a bet. Sit back. So, yeah, so just as usual, we'll make sure that we put that song up on our Instagram. Make sure to check it out at btspod underscore. And it will also be added to our Spotify playlist so you guys can vibe with it. So, yeah, guys, as you know, this week um, on Sunday, we watched... um, Meghan Markle and Harry have an interview with Oprah and to be honest I wanted to speak about this whole Meghan Markle thing for like a long time but then I was talking with the other girls and I was like let's wait until this interview comes out so we can really dissect what has been going on within the last couple of years so um what we want to do today we just want to talk about basically Meghan Markle and how she's been treated over the last um couple of years and I just want to pick everyone's brains on how they feel like She's been treated, like, obviously, it's not fair. I think we all have the same, <laughs> the same, um, we all agree on that. But I just want to kind of, like, just go through kind of all the years that she's been through um, getting stuff, like, dealing with the British press and things like that. So I kind of want to, like, go back to, like, when she first actually, let's say, kind of, like, came on the scene, when she first started um, dating Harry and how, because, to be honest, I didn't know who she was. I, I don't watch Suits. I, I, I did not know who Megan was so when she came I was like oh my god like a mixed race girl like wow like I can't believe this this is even though she's the first mixed race person to be in the royal family the fact that we're even saying that in this 21st century is in this 21st century is even mad so obviously for me I was like oh my god like a black woman is coming onto the scene and things like that so I just want to ask you guys a question like when she first came onto the scene like what was your first reaction to her like dating harry like did you have any reservations because i know some people were like hmm, i'm not sure if this girl should be dealing with with this uh royal family and things like that so kind of like how what was your first reaction when you saw that harry is dating a woman of color i almost am not i almost was not surprised only because it was harry and obviously we've known that harry in the past has had a interest i guess (laughs) in women of color so i almost wasn't surprised but i think from my my standpoint there was a bit of apprehension just because i almost anticipated not to the extent that she's that it is now but i almost anticipated that the british public would move mad like this because they always do um it's funny because when they first started dating, I actually was on my year abroad and I did my year abroad at Spelman, which is an HBCU in, in Atlanta, it's in the States. And of course, Americans have this fascination and adoration and this kind of deep reverence for the for the for the monarchy and mm-hmm. are like super it's, it's a spectacle to them. As it kind of is in, in certain capacities to us. And they were cherishing, you know, their own little Meghan Markle and were like, were really proud of her and things like this. And there was this deep scepticism on my part. And I remember being in the line for, there was like a canteen um, on campus. And one of our dinner ladies, who we, who we called Miss Liz, an elder, an elderly black woman, um, lo- Atlanta local, was like, telling, you know, give me the inside scoop, you know, how's this going to work and things like that. And I just was like, it's not going to happen. It's just, it's just not going to happen. They're not going to get married. And she was really like, what do you mean? Like, it's going to happen. Like, it's already happening. They're going to get married. You know, look at look at what's going on. And I was like, 
they will find a way. I was like, this is this is reeking to me of Diana, and I don't know in what form, I don't know in what capacity, but it's not it's something it's not going to happen. And I remember we ended up putting a bet on it, and we put a five pound bet, and I said. It's either not going to happen or, dare I say, it's going to end in a tragedy. And she went, I will put the bet on that the wedding will happen. So I went, okay. And whilst I was still in Spelman, the wedding, I believe, no, it didn't happen when I was in Spelman. It happened when I was back in the UK. But I think the confirmation, the engagement happened whilst I was in Spelman, I think, something like that on the time. And don't quote me, my memory is quite shocking at times. And, um, and so I gave her the money. And it's quite interesting now, retrospectively, and how we've seen all of this pan out, how there was something innate inside me as a black woman and as a Brit that I think was shared by a lot of other, you know, maybe not anti, sorry, excuse me, I don't know what's going on in my voice, maybe not anti-monarchy people or anti-royalist, should I say, but just a lot of people who were skeptic skeptical of the royal family and the institution in itself that were like hold on there's something wild going on here and I almost don't want to see history repeat itself but I have a kind of weird feeling that it will so it's such a shame um that it's got here but unfortunately I think it was predictable yeah no I completely agree and I think I definitely had that same skepticism at the beginning I I did not think it was going to happen because for me I was a massive suits person at the time as well so I knew Megan from watching all her episodes I've seen her in films and stuff and I just thought to myself come on the babe that is on there I just don't ever I don't see the monarchy accepting a woman like that I just I just didn't see it. I'm going to keep it frank um and I did. I wasn't shocked that obviously, like you said, Sharon, in terms of the fact that it was Harry that was obviously like interested in her um, or mm. whatever. Because, like you said, from history and stuff, he's always been the one that's always like dated a bit outside. You know how people have always been saying, "Oh yeah, he's gonna bring in an, a black woman into the royal family." Way everyone's always kind of been waiting for him to do something <laughs> like that. But I genuinely always believed that he was gonna get stopped, and I genuinely believed that he would end up exactly kind of looking the same way as William and doing whatever William's doing um but yeah like I'm not <laughs> shocked at all as to what has happened um but yeah that was my initial thought You're not I shocked genuinely, a little bit I'm not shocked no I'm not shocked I genuinely did not think it would end up as a success I did not think it would end up in a good way whatsoever I just yeah I just knew that it would always be bad like we'll go into this later but it's never been positive whenever you see any woman of colour enter somewhere that she's not that's not like seen as like a a low place or seen somewhere that's not doing well like you just it's always going to be backlash and no one wants us in those places so yeah mm. tk you were saying something yeah T- no something? i was, i was gonna say i don't think the shock i think the shock comes from the intricacies of what's actually been laid out i think yeah the kind of the illusion of the monarchy it requires this kind of collaborative royal and subject relationship where it's like it's all pageantry and it's all a facade and it's all um it's like equally like elusive and we know just enough about it but not enough to feel wholly like 
I don't even know the, the specific words I'm, 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 thinking, I'm talking about right mm. now, but it requires this real collaboration. And so to know anything or to even be offered anything as members of the British public that is kind of presented as hard fact, as this is a, lo- this is a peephole into mm. what is actually going on in this family, I think that is surprising mm. to us. I think that is a very, very... Um, it's a protected part of the royal family and that's something that's intergenerational they make sure that they keep that secure it's a Mm. requirement of being a royal this kind of like completely abstract family that we don't get much access to so i think the part that is very surprising is like we now can even we even have a name of like the institution that's now just being thrown thrown around because we all feel like we know what the institution means and it's very royal Mm. you know (laughs) Um, there are things where it's like we're now trying to pinpoint who said what, like which part of them, which which mm. member of the family did this, and like it, it, it's mm. given us an opportunity to finally almost participate in a gen in 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 a narrative that we've always been actively excluded from because we're not yeah. we're not part of that, and that's mm. surprising, and I think that's where all this excitement and momentum has been built, but not really the underlying problems of the institution because, I mean, as subjects of that. everyone in this podcast we've always known it really and truly the British public have always known it whether they like to believe it or not so Mm. that part isn't the surprise in my opinion do you know what you like was really getting on my nerves when they first started dating or when it was announced that they were engaged this idea that as black women we should find hope in that or something like oh yeah this is so great like she's doing it for the black women and because Megan has um is going to marry into that family then there's hope for us and I was thinking and I literally was hearing this everywhere I think I was hearing it more though from like I watch a lot of like American daytime tv and I was hearing it a lot from kind of Americans and I was thinking I'm sorry she's not the beacon of hope for black women like I don't know this woman from anywhere do you know what I mean um and I can't lie Obviously, she's she's biracial, um, but ultimately she's treated like she's black. But I think if I was to step into that royal family, they were never accepting me. I ain't got no proximity at all. Like at least she's <laughs> she's only half black. So when people were saying like, "Oh yeah, you know, there's so much hope for us now," I was thinking that's so flawed, and I don't really understand where that narrative is coming from. And obviously now. How many years later, that five years later, we're seeing the complete opposite? Mm. Well, I think what they would have meant by that is like, by the one drop rule, she is one of us. And therefore we can claim her success story, which at the time was a success story. But the irony is, it was actually her whiteness that got her in, but her blackness that kicked her out. Facts. Oh gosh, that's the quote of the week. Yeah, so uh, people that said that, it was kind of... um, I think it was a bit naive. I, I think who am I to ever call anyone naive? And I and I always have a lot of empathy for an agenda that is trying to, to, to celebrate or seek pleasure in anything, particularly in a community that is constantly at the end of abuse. Mm. When, when we want to be proud or happy on behalf of someone else and feel like, oh, we can do it. I never want to be the person to dampen that. It's not for me. It's not productive it's not fruitful so I don't want to be that Mm. person but there is a part of me that thinks that people that were saying that you know like yay for all it was slight it was slightly naive it's almost Mm. like Mm. when we get happy 
that white men are dating black women, but it's intensely fetishizing. And the white men that we are actually celebrating are doing that almost like, it's it's a weird embedded criticism because it's like, oh, no, no, no. Everyone else finds you unattractive, but don't worry, I got you. I'm going to validate you. (laughs) I'm going to validate you. So I'm the cool one. I'm the woke one. Mm. And it's like, and then for us to then give them that power, we're giving them ammunition and others of them like them ammunition by being like oh find you a white chocolate (laughs) and yeah they're like but isn't this the one making tiktoks about like all of these tropes and like and you're like there are blurred lines here and it's very complex and if we don't sit there and talk about it and deconstruct it we can it can it can go left the whole thing can go left so i kind of think i'm trying to draw a parallel here and i know it's not directly um comparable but it's kind of like similar things of sometimes when people get so excited and black Mm. women particularly because as i said we are constantly subjects of abuse um Mm. i think that people just wanted to be happy Mm. and i get and i think everyone has empathy everyone and particularly black women have the right the license should have the license to be happy true Absolutely. Tammy, what do you think about it? Obviously, you asked the question. Yeah, I think for me, it was kind of like I was um, happy to see a woman of colour, like, going into the royal family. But at the same time, the other side of me was like, wait, hold on. Like, we've seen, not that we've seen it before, but we've seen it before in the sense that you can put yourself in that kind of position like going into like white spaces and things like that and already know that they're probably going to judge you and things like that so it's kind of like I saw all of this coming but at the same time I was still hopeful in the sense that oh she's kind of white passing so maybe there's some sort of like maybe she'll be let let off or something like that but then I was just thinking no when I looked at her mum who is a dark-skinned black woman I said there's no way I said, there's absolutely, there's no, there's no way. There's no way. Because for me, as as bad as it sounds, yeah, I feel like white people are more receptive to interracial couples when it's the white, when it's the woman that is the white woman. When you're seeing a black woman, I feel like people are more like, oh, wait a minute, like, uh, I'm not sure about this. And the fact that her white father was also acting up, I was thinking like, nah, they're not going to, they're not they're they're not they they are not budging on this thing and i just felt like all of this that's happened i think i didn't anticipate it to be this bad the fact that they had to leave go to canada now go to la to live like literally picked up harry literally picked up his whole family and moved because of Mm. the amount of um the amount of stuff that his wife was going through. And it's just, to me, it's just crazy. Like, I never knew that it would pan out like this. I thought maybe it would end in, like, oh... I, to be honest, I thought maybe the press would get to her so much before the wedding that they would have broken up then and I'd have been like, oh, well, yeah, that's it. But the fact that they actually got married, went through it, and it's panned out like this, I could have never... I would have never... Um, imagined it to to pan out like this Mm, I think that's a good point and that's kind of what I was saying earlier about I mean I didn't think it was going to be easy but if someone had told me five years ago that oh yeah they're going to have 
not even be living there and he's gonna have had his funds removed mm. um and he's living off the, what his mum left him and, and his security i would have been like who are you talking about it's not prince harry do you know what i mean um Trust. so i think that's what i mean when i say there's no i i personally i don't think i would have ever imagined that that would happen sorry tammy just on the point that you mentioned so that point of where you've got the mum being a black woman and the dad being white that's actually something that i never really actually thought about but i think it's actually a very valid statement i'm actually thinking now if the mum was white if the mum was white and obviously the mum's been supportive and active in the way that if it was a black man that was talking down on his daughter i think they would even support it even a bit more like this is a bit of a sob story like you know the usual a black father not doing whatever duh, 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 duh. now the mum is doing what she can to support her she's took her into the white uh, not the white house took her into you know the royal they family would've. they would have <laughs> loved it, it up honestly i don't know why i've never thought about that but no i thought that was a really interesting point i think the dynamic would have been entirely different i think on so many micro and macro levels if she had a white mother Mm. the uh it would have been utilized and it would have been focused on because it would have looked like she had closer proximity to whiteness and Mm -hmm. uh they probably would have accepted her more but on top of that i'm wondering what the black dynamic would be i think we given that she was white passing what would we as a black community have said about her if she had a white mother and the face of her you know, mm. American relationship, like that her, her her role as the black woman in this, what would that have looked like if we had seen a it would have been different white completely. passing black woman oh, with a 100. white mother? I don't yeah. even think we would have really cared. We'd have just done no. like, okay. Like, yeah. exactly. All that hope that I was speaking about before, especially if the dad, say the dad was back and the, the way the dad is moving now, he, a black man was moving, we'd have been like, oh, we don't know. <laughs> We don't I know wonder, that, man. I wonder if he would have tried to invalidate her blackness. Who? Of course. Who? I wonder. The black community, of course. They, not me personally. Before <laughs> anybody said, I didn't say that. But um, I feel like black people as a whole. Yeah. Or I don't know because she's marrying into the royal family, and then there's that status. I don't know. Maybe some people would have been. I think it would have been a bit of a split. But of course, mm. like as you said, if it was the black dad that was mm. chatting smack the same way as mm. her white dad is. Like, to be honest, there are so many comparisons of this and we can see what white men are given given the license to be able to get away with in society. Because when you think about Obama versus Trump Speak and you think it. prior to him being to his inauguration, prior to that, with the knowledge of us knowing what he said about women he despite all of that almost in some cases because of all of that he became the president of the united states of america and when you think about what obama had to be during and what him and his family had to endure and maintain this level of you know you know in in acceptability politics and like of of being you know what's the word i'm looking for like uh, elegance not the word I'm looking for like respect respectable I suppose a respectable family and it's respectable human being and still came to a lot of criticism at the end of his term which I suppose any any president will and he had had some political agendas that weren't great but you mm. know anyway 
that versus what Trump did. Psh, I mean, if Meghan Markle's dad was black and this was going on, it would be a really... And actually, I wonder what how the royal family would have responded to that. Mm. What their take and stance would have been on that. Whether they would have protected her more because he was black and appealing I to her so. whiteness and tried to protect her. I wonder. I think the entire spectacle would have been completely different. Which is so mad when you think about it because it's still the same person. Yeah, so I kind of wanted to delve into the whole the whole um Megan being in the headlines in terms of the British press and things like that. So I wanted to kind of go into the comparison of how the press kind of treated Megan versus how they treated Kate when um William brought Kate on the scene and things like that. So obviously there's been a lot of comparisons in terms of like headlines and things like that um, of Kate and Megan essentially doing exactly the same thing. But when it comes to Megan, it seems it seems like it's like a, a negative thing. So I've got here some of the headlines. I'll read out two of um, I'll read out two where it's basically but them both doing the same thing. But one is seen as good and one is seen as bad. So. This one is for Kate. Bumping along nicely, the Duchess was seen placing a protective hand on her tummy as she exited the event. This is for Meghan. Why can't Meghan Markle keep her hands off the bump? Experts tackle the question that does the nation talk in. Is it pride, vanity or acting or a new age bonding? The next headline is for Kate. Kate, morning sickness cure. Prince William gifted with avocado for... Um, pregnant duchess and then for Meghan it was Meghan Markle's beloved avocado linked to human rights abuse and drought millennial shame so that in itself is just telling you the type of people that we're dealing with when it comes to the British press like how are you saying that because she likes avocado it's now going into human rights abuse avocado something that we buy in Tesco like, everybody is having smashed avocado. Like, do you know how many white people are having smashed avocado on toast? But when a black girl wants to have smashed avocado, it's like, we can't even have that. So we can't have brunch. We can't have all these things. And it's just like, I just don't understand. Like, it's, I don't know about you guys, but from the time I started seeing, they started comparing the two, I was just like, yeah, it's over. Meg's gone. Meg is gone. She might as well be Meg from Family Guy. Like she is gone. She is aside. She's gone. Like this is this is it. Like she's gone. Like what do you guys think? Like in terms of the comparison towards Kate and all of the press that she's getting, I hundred I believe it's hundred percent racism. White people would argue differently, but what do you guys think? Well, for me, I think that particular headline of the avocado one was almost the perfect opportunity for everyone to so blatantly um see the extent to which the public and the western public and the british public are willing to go to draw conclusions uh for defamation or character assassination and i think everyone a lot of people knew it anyway but i think tabloid like titles like that headlines like that rather are really exposing because it's it's almost like where where have you got this one from now where where at least if 
mm. grounded it in some kind of, you know, give us something. Give us something. You're not going to give us human rights and avocados. Come on. Come on. Like, really? <laughs> but um, <laughs> at the same time, I expected just that because I think black women have been a site, a political site for defamation for years. Um, and they have been a site for defamation when it comes to politics. And we think about Diane Abbott when it comes to music. And we think about Megan Thee Stallion when it comes to sport. We think about Serena Williams when it comes to the porn industry. And we see how black women are treated in terms of their body. And almost a site at which rape is is, is given, is given, uh, is given, I keep saying the word license. I'm trying to think of the word. But yeah, there are so many opportunities where the media, and when I say the media, I'm not necessarily just talking about um, tabloids and headlines. We're talking about materials in which are distri- distributed uh, to the public that we are consuming as a society. Uh, the amount of times of which our bodies are seen as a site to be politicized. And we already knew this as women, but there's an additional level of being a black woman. And I think it's really relevant what's going when this podcast is coming out uh, or when we're at least uh, uh, recording it uh, on off the back of what's going on in the media with the murder um, at, well the missing woman and then the murder because when we think about if she was a black woman I'm thinking because yeah. if I go back and think about um, blessing Olu Shogun who was 21 yeah. and whose body went missing or was found Mm-hmm. Um, on the side of a beach and it was uh, deemed as non-suspicious or unsuspicious by the police despite yeah. really suspicious circumstances of which there was no lead up that no no one really knew what was going on um, and actually and the location where it actually happened had um, it was the same place as Stephen Lawrence's incidents so there, there were racial implications there whilst that was a, like at least 20 years ago there was a 20 year mm-hmm. separation at least um, I'm thinking, mm, mm, how would this, and that's not me to create a polarizing agenda and say, you know, therefore I shouldn't have empathy and just outright out, like outrage at what's going on right now as a woman, of course. And it's funny because I was actually going to call into LBC this morning. I was listening to LBC and James O'Brien's um, political segment, which I adore. I really like James O'Brien. And the reason, and I was going to talk about, and he's he's super, super, um, he's quite, impressionable makes it seem like he's a bit of a, a dum-dum. Impressionable, not like he's he's willing to be, you know, swayed. He's swayed very easily. He's impressionable in the sense that he's willing to listen and mm. he is quite, he's willing to be informed on things that he doesn't know. So I was very, very eager to kind of present an argument that had not been spoken about on LBC this morning because there had been a lot of white ladies calling in, you know, expressing their own experiences with um, either whether it be sexual assault or feelings of threat and security and things like that. I didn't hear one black woman calling. And I thought, and I spoke to my dad and I said, do you think that's a coincidence? And he kind of looked down and he said, no. And I said, okay, at least you know. I don't think that's a coincidence either because I think the British public and the British press have failed black women on so many occasions that it gives us so little faith in or, or um, it, it squashes all the opportunities in which we feel like we would be supported if we came to them for our help or even came yeah. to them to kind of try and uh, 
see our humanity. They failed us time and time again. When we think about the pictures that were put on the on the on newspapers when uh, I believe it was the U.S. Open that Serena Williams was shouting at the umpire, of which yeah. she wasn't really shouting. She was airing her grievances with something with her with her um, coach allegedly coaching her on the side, which was illegal. And she said, you know, I've never, ever cheated in my life. You owe me an apology. Of which, even the, to the phrase, you owe me an apology. When I'm thinking about football, have you ever heard a man say to the referee, <laughs> you owe me an apology? You, uh, do you know how, how like, tem- like, is tempered the word? Like, how um, rational, disproportionately rational, next to how angry you must be to say you owe me an apology is. That's a very mm. tempered answer. And she was mm. still plastered on all the papers, almost looking like a gorilla, the mm. way they depicted her. A big, yep. like, animalistic woman that was almost having a tantrum in a tutu. The way that that was reduced, I think, why on earth do, we, do you think that we should have any trust in the British or Western, the Western uh, media outlets? Do you know what? That's a really good point. And it reminds me of the interview that you guys probably saw. I think it was today or whatever with Sharon Osbourne and Cheryl. Um, and Sharon Osbourne is literally screaming at Cheryl. And Cheryl is still so calm composed. and still so, I don't know how she did that. She was so composed. And I was like, the only, in my opinion, the only reason she's keeping that level tone is because she knows if she goes one decibel higher, it's now going to be Cheryl's um, um, aggressive. She's an angry black woman. And I'm just thinking, imagine she, this white woman is allowed to speak to her in such a demeaning way, um, saying, you better not cry. I should be the one crying on live TV or whatever daytime TV, but she's not even allowed to express her, her emotions or her frustration because she knows the narrative will be flipped on her. Tired, bruv. And sorry, there was a tweet that I saw. This lady said in in response to the whole Sharon Osbourne and Cheryl thing, she was like, at one point, a white colleague grabbed my natural hair and then started crying when I told her she couldn't touch my bu- my body without my consent. I was called into HR for making her cry. How does that make any sense? This is crazy. And I think what the point that Kay mentioned in terms of the fact that black women are, are not even seen as like a human, like if we're not seen as people who who can even have emotions and express it because it's like you don't have the right to do that and they don't understand like no that's none of our business that's you know you keep your own do your own thing kind of thing um and i think leading back to the the comparison between between the two articles um i think it just showcases that you know how can you take something that so literally has nothing to do with anything but just a woman caring or just showing an emotion towards a baby that she's carrying like I, I don't understand how you can take someone holding their baby bump and use it and turn it against them. Um, and like TK said, you know, it just shows what to what extent they're willing to go to, to kind of push that narrative that we don't have any kind of right to, to you know, display our emotions. Show empathy. Yeah, to show empathy. Yeah. yeah. And yes. re- remember, she even came out and, and said and spoke about her miscarriage. And that was even turned on its head as if that was an attention seeking moment or 
I, I don't even know, like, mm. of, of narcissism on her mm. part. Mm. And I'm thinking, wh- what, is, what is going on here? How can this be justified by the media? How can that narrative even be plausible? that you've come and you've spoken about your miscarriages, if that's not a traumatic enough event in itself, mm. and you're using that as ammunition for her further character assassination. Makes no sense. We're just, yeah, we're just seen as a commodity. I don't think Facts. we're seen as people. I don't think we are seen as... And you know what? It might be as well, um, because these people that are writing these articles don't know any black people. You don't know anyone who is black. You don't have any black friends. You don't have any, whatever. It's so. But Sharon, easy is that really an is that really an excuse? I, it's not an excuse. What I'm trying to say is that that easier for them to write these kind of papers because if you don't have anybody in your mind when you're writing this stuff, you can emotionally disconnect yourself from it entirely, and it just goes to show that like. All this stuff about when people are saying like, oh, I can't be racist because my friend's dog's neighbor's cat's wife is black. And you're just thinking, how? That is such a false equivalence. Like, you can't say that. Oh, it just gets me so mad. I kind of get what both of you are saying. No, go ahead, whoever was. No, go on. I kind of get what both of you are saying in terms of it being an excuse or not an excuse. I actually don't think that Sharon was using it as an excuse more as a reason that's the reason why Mm. they're behaving the way they are Mm. but at the same time i'm kind of thinking when i see when people say you know i have my this i can't be racist because i have this a black this and this this and whatever the list goes on and to me when people say that i've actually ticked you as a racist in my head i'm like the fact (laughs) that you said that is like hmm. for me i always say when the person that I always categorize as you're probably a racist is the person that said I'm not a racist. When you've declared to me, I'm not a racist, I've said in my head, Oh, you're one of them. Yeah, you cool. Are. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I've categorized them in my head. Um, but what was I saying? Um, yeah, I think on Beatrice's point, when people say, you know, if I have enough friends like this and if I'm able to 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 be an ally because I've, I've been exposed to their their ways of living and their their livelihoods and their humanity that can kind of almost be like you know in protests a while ago we used to have like she was someone's mum and she was someone's sister and she was someone's daughter and now we've started crossing that out because mm. we started to recognize that that shouldn't mm. be the reason for which we actually protect a human being because That's... you have some proximity to them it should be because it's it's on a level of, of a basic level of DNA, we are all the same. There mm. is no reason for you to be treating anyone differently to anyone else. Um, and so that's why I'm saying I kind of get both of those points because I'm kind of like, it's, it is an excuse, but it is an excuse, isn't mm. an excuse at the same time because you just shouldn't really be doing that anyway. You shouldn't need a mum or a sister to know that rape is not okay. You shouldn't need, yeah. there is a level of mo- emotional intelligence that to the vast majority of the population should be intrinsic. That's that, that you live in a corporate world, you benefit from a society and you're constantly engaging with people on a daily, on a daily uh, basis. I don't buy the fact that this all just manages to, to escape your mindset when it comes to certain issues. Mm. It, it kind of doesn't, it doesn't give you license for that. I'm sorry. And that's why I kind of, um, I'm, I'm, going yeah. seesawing 
on both mm. of those opinions. What about you, Tammy? What do you think? I mean, you've kind of said, right, your opinion on both the articles. Yeah, 100%. Um, I just feel like this is it's just sad. Like, there's no other word I can use to describe it. It's just sad. I didn't, obviously, I've said before, I didn't see it coming this hard. I saw it coming, not this hard, though. And it's just, it's just sad to see, like, it's like everything that she does is always a problem. Like, everything. You know when everything you do is, like, I don't know, there's, even the way time is wrong. Legit, even the way you breathe. That's what she basically said on the interview. You know, someone came to her house and they were like, oh, maybe you shouldn't go out like because you're everywhere. And she was like, well, I haven't left my house in four months. I've only been out twice. She can't see her friends. She can't do anything. It's literally her existence that is pissing people off. She's not doing anything. Mm. And it just, I don't know. I feel like we've all kind of, we've all kind of had an experience of that to a certain degree when you just, you know that somebody doesn't like you for no reason other than the fact that you are there that you are in their space, their mm-hmm. space, in quote, in quote, um, the fact that but you just exist. Amplifying that on a whole community, that's not even a person. Mm. An entire community and the fringes of a community because it's not even just black people, it's black women because we get sold out by our black men constantly as well. Facts. Ugh. And that is what I even wanted to go into. <laughs> go ahead, girl. So I was thinking, before we actually get into the whole, like, talking about the interview, I just wanted to touch on this point. You know when they always say that we should try and find some positives in things that are going on? And thank you, Meghan Markle, because you are the lamb that has been sacrificed for maybe our black (laughs) men to actually see what the heck we talk about. When we say that when we're on a list, we are at the bottom of the list when it comes to public scrutiny when it comes to privilege when it comes to everything we are at the bottom of the list just everything (laughs) everything there's too much to list is everything and still we rise i just wanted to put that in there true amen we rise from the ashes though hey after you people try to burn us from the ashes we will rise (laughs) oh god but yes, as I was saying, thank you, Meghan Markle, for being the sacrificial or sacrificial tomato tomato, whichever one you want to do. Thank you, because it seems like sometimes we need something like this or, or some situation like this for people to realize what the heck, what the heck is going on. So it's kind of like I'm glad that this is happening in 4K in front of the whole world. So now black men can see what the heck we go through but do you know what yeah just just for, go on i definitely get where you're coming from but i'm just like why is it every time yeah we have to wait for something traumatic to happen for someone to just show us an ounce of oh my god they're gonna forget I mean? in six months as well not even six, months, six months give it a week no honestly like deep that it actually had to take no in fact it, it not even just it had to take but yeah i just feel like for anyone to even just literally just gather like a speck in the eye just something like some sort of ounce of oh there's something there they might not even feel like there's something there they won't ever deep dive into it by the way there's something there it just has to be 
something major, something traumatic, and I'm That's sick and tired. Yeah, I'm sick and tired of this crap. I can't lie to you because it, this never occurs with anything else. I'm so sorry. We yeah. see it all the time though, in the, with with us. Like someone has to die before they realize, oh, there's racism. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, why is that the case? Something bad has to happen before they're like, oh, gosh, we've got a bit of a problem here. Like, lives literally have to be lost. And it's... Oh, no, it's true. On. Because I was just thinking about the um, the LGBTQ plus community, right? And obviously, like, I don't... I'm not in the community, right? But I have a general understanding of what's going on. And I just think about all these things where they, like, they do all these talks and they to talk about what's going on. People just see and understand that yeah like we need mm. to stand up for this like yeah like this is good like we need to voice off i know everyone i know even in that community there's a differentiator if you're black and if you're white facts, yeah facts. because if yeah. trans women like they it's such a they... large community it's very nuanced mm. i don't think yeah also they go through a lot i again i'm not a member of that community but they that the the trauma and the, that they harbor i have people i've known that have been egged on the street in this mm. day and age because they're Imagine. quite an allowed effeminate should i say yeah I and really and don't get me wrong i understand that they definitely go through a lot of trauma and stuff but why is it that people to some extent can accept that more i don't know maybe i'm thinking I think of because i think do you think no, yes i was gonna yeah. say that it's because it's black it's, it's sorry it's because white men are also part of that community mm-hmm. hmm. like let's just keep it real like you can't you can't hate your sister and your mum and your your sons and your son's friends all simultaneously but you can hate a black person if you don't know any of them true this is what i was trying to say earlier mm. like it's so much easier to differentiate yourself from that those black people when you don't know any black people you don't have a black mom you don't have a black sister you don't have a black friend so mm. when you're writing all these tabloids or when you're speaking about black people in that in that way and manner you don't even have anybody in your head do you get what i'm trying to say like you yeah. don't you can't you can't even picture a person it's it's kind of going back to what you were saying earlier tk about the fact that we are not people we are just a thing mm. Mm. why i think it's so mad is that i definitely agree when you think about it like obviously i know we'll touch on like piers morgan and stuff but for example you know how he kind of said that i believe that megan's just talking about the crap or whatever doesn't believe anything that's come out of her mouth etc and he talks about you know yeah he's definitely burning but you know obviously he spoke on the whole fact that he didn't believe that she was suicidal and i think okay cool i just don't understand how you can really differentiate that like obviously i I get that that's what he's doing but you know where it's just like Something like that, I'm sure you know of people who have gone through that. Why is it that it's like literally whatever happens, it's like, okay, cool, you have to take the blackness out of it. And then immediately you see an inch of blackness, you just kind of dissociate from it. But then the topic you're talking about is something that you know people go through. So I just don't understand how people can be so detached. Because, for example, if you're talking about something that's like only black people face, not only black people face, but, you know, it's mainly to do with black people, then I can kind of understand where you're like, okay, cool, the activity behind it as well, you don't get. But when you understand exactly what suicidal thoughts means, you've definitely spoken about it before. You've spoken to people who have nearly committed suicide. You've reasoned with them. I just don't understand how you can so easily detach yourself just because you see a, a hint of blackness in it. I think it's also this... Well, first of all, I think it's burning. But I think, second of all, it's also this idea that black women are supposed to be, like, extra strong. I don't know if you guys know about the 
um what is it not report it was like a study that they did at some place in america i think it was where a lot of medical students thought that black people didn't experience as much pain that we had stronger skin than white people i think it all is all of that intrinsic um preconceived notions that black people don't experience pain that's just like do you know what i mean mm. i feel like that comes to the negligence of uh in the medical industry when it comes to black women and neonatal mortality yeah. and mm. incompetence when it comes to the care of black women um it's all stems from racial agendas such as that or beliefs such as that mm, um but true. going to um something the bitch she'd said earlier about like what is it well first of all i don't actually believe that this kind of kumbaya sentiment protecting black women is going to sustain for much more than like a month or yeah. two yeah and the reason i don't is because people and black men have failed us time and time again and there have been so many opportunities where we've needed their voices as not as men as people as brothers that we constantly sacrifice part of ourselves to protect um and we've needed that kind of reciprocated alliance and allegiance and they've fallen short. So we have people like Meghan Markle who've been shot on multiple occasions and satire has been created out of it. We've had people like Diane Abbott being told that they should be strong, they, they should be strong and hung on a, on a, on a tree mm-hmm. and how fat and how ugly she, she is. She's, a, she's been called a nigger. She's been said that she deserves rape. We've had that. And we've, all of this, was, which is, we've aired. It's not that we haven't aired it. You've had, obviously, Serena, we've spoken about Serena. We had Rihanna, before Rihanna became the mogul that she is, when she was going through the whole Chris Brown situation, there were men saying, well, she deserved it. There are so many women that still, you know, um, were contributed to it. So what do, what do you expect? When you're a participant in that kind of abuse, what do you expect? Of course, she's going to get slapped up. That was the language that we were using. And the kind of endurance levels that black women have to go through as a, a community to even transgress you know be like we pass the the standard to which we then say you're entitled for empathy it's outrageous you have to be shot and on top of that not only do you have to be shot you have to be shot and then the community of women have to then come around you and say what the Mm. hell is going on Mm -hmm. because without Mm. that no one will call out the fact this is outrageous and the reason mm. I'm saying all of this is because I'm wondering why the anomaly in all of this, of the examples I've given of Serena, of Meghan, of Rihanna, of um, even if you think about Michelle Obama, she had to end up becoming almost the quintessential version of female perfection to mm. be called a decent woman, a decent Trust. human being. Trust. She had to be perfect. I don't think as a society we've actually ever seen anyone as perfect as Michelle Obama. And to be even then be labelled as, oh, no, she's, we can do her. We can do the good old Michelle. And I think it's interesting that the one person that we have that has garnered enough attention and sympathy to even have the discussion has been a, has been a white passing mixed race woman. Hmm. And I think that brings up a really interesting idea of what that means and where that leaves us as, mm. like, I'm not claiming being a dark-skinned woman and i would never i'd never do that but as a non as as, i can't pass for white essentially is what i'm saying Mm, um mm. so it's it's interesting
interesting to think where does that leave us if in this day and age the only time that anyone can hear our cries is a person that actually looks least like us mm. imagine that mm. imagine that and it's this whole proximity to whiteness thing again fam yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. I have really strong sentiments oh. towards the, the black male community. I always say this. People are always like, how many kids do you want? And I take it as a really serious question. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm never like, it's not quite a jovial. I think they're asking it as a jovial question. Like, just let me know. And I'm like, mm. do you really want to know? <laughs> do mm. you really want to know? But I always say, like, I want five men. I want five boys. Mm. And people are always like, First of all, five in this day and age, what is going on? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get, I'll have whatever God gives me. Let's do, let's get back to first <laughs> yeah. But I always say I want boys, and I'm always like, why? And I'm like, because I think we have so much more work to do with our men in the society, and I Absolutely. want to be a member of the society that starts to correct the wrongs that that that, that we enable in our men. Mm. And I think I do a good mm. job. I think there is so much wrong with how toxic masculinity manifests in the way that women feel, the way that we ignore women, the way we ignore black women, the way that our mm. cries aren't heard. There are so many of these things and I, and I think they really need to be addressed. Absolutely. Obviously we've started um, touching up on the interview and I wanted to, us to dwell right into it. So um, obviously we watched the interview, well, I watched it live, I don't know about anybody else. I was up at 1 a.m. As I was watching it with the whole world, I was listening, watching the tweets while listening and stuff like that. So yeah, so I watched it, and some of the things that um, were said that I just want to highlight, um, so that we can discuss and talk about it. So obviously, Megan said that a family member was concerned about the how dark her baby's skin would be. If we're referring to to Archie, she also had suicidal thoughts. She said that she wasn't getting the help that she needed. She said that she was basically feeling lonely. That, as someone mentioned before, that she hadn't gone out of the house in four months. I think she's only gone twice. Um, and she basically felt like nobody came out to defend her. So one of the stories that kind of confirmed this was the whole, oh, um, there was a re- there was a news article or report that um, when it was close to her wedding that she made Kate cry, but no. Our sister Megan came and said, no, it was me that was crying. It was me. So to that story, it's kind of like Kate could have actually came out and said, no, that wasn't what happened. But no, as they always do. And you know who they are. They'll keep quiet and watch us burn in the fire. Anyway, I open up the floor to you ladies so that we can discuss this. Wow, so much to discuss there. Oh, God. I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess I'll start with the first point that you made, which is about the skin... Hmm. skin tone. Um, honestly, it's just so mad because, to me, like, I was shocked, but I wasn't really that shocked. I wasn't as shocked as Oprah. Like, Oprah was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. But I, I was thinking... Of course, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, of course they're going to think that, like, this, like, that, I don't, ugh, I don't know. I feel like they, they're they just managing Megan. like, seriously, I think they would have much preferred a white woman. So, of course, they're going to be having these reservations and concerns and stuff. Where I was surprised is the people that were saying that 
that's not racist. That maybe maybe they thought, oh well, will he have ginger hair? Like it's the sort same same sort of thing. I'm sorry, where's the correlation there? Maybe oh, it's just casually sorry. racist. Do you know what was so shocking to me? It wasn't even it wasn't even that comment. Yeah. We already know that, you know, the monarchy's built up on mm. all of this sort of stuff anyway. Um, so of course they're gonna be concerned about maintaining that kind of whiteness or whatever. It was the way people reacted to it and all this casual racism and it's all about the ginger hair and it's not racist and da da da. That's what shocked me. I don't know about you guys. Mm. Um, definitely the reactions were just completely like, uh, <laughs> what's wrong there? Like people are mad. But um, yeah, it, I don't think it shocked me at all. But I think what was, I think kind of linking back to what TK mentioned right at the beginning is the fact that because he, it was made clear that this was like a private family conversation and we never really have insight into, you know how we kind of get the, the feeling? And I know maybe I was just being very naive back then, but I'm always like, I feel like okay, the media and I knew and I know the media they take whatever and they really go for things. But you know, you thinking nah, I'm sure like within the actual family, like it's probably like a lot better. But maybe you know there is some compassion there. You know what I mean? Like they understand and they understand. Okay, cool. Like you know, my son, for example, we're getting married. Like let me just be happy for him. I'll try and support him as much as I can, even though I know there's going to be backlash from the general public and all that sort of thing. But then when you actually hear that this is actually a conversation that was actually happening amongst family members, it's just like, this is more than just, you know how they say the institution and all that sort of thing. Like it, the institution has really, really fed into these people's minds. And yeah, I just, it just started to, it was just interesting to be able to start thinking, right, like these are actually the conversations that are happening and damn, like this man could have been the one to say it. So it's just like creating that actual picture where you're like, wow, this is actually being said by this particular person. For me, it's just like, wow, like this is actually crazy. But the actual part of being concerned about the skin tone, I thought was what I was expecting. And I don't think that it just, just because I was expecting it doesn't mean that it's right. I, I'm expecting it, but you're sure damn right it's racist. Yeah, of course. That's exactly what I was saying. Like, I expected mm. that those... And I think the conversations that even happened beyond that, that's even what Harry knows. Imagine what they didn't tell Harry. What do you think, CK? Baby's nearly absolutely white. Like, let's be honest. She's already white passing. Baby, I mean, already white plus mixed race. Do the maths. And then, on top of that, white plus white passing mixed race. Do the maths, maths. Even if that was something that was of concern, which I can imagine with your racist imperialist agenda, it would be. Mm. Is there, are you lose, have you lost logic in all of this? With all your big money and your taxpayers' money, you've lost logic because there is no way that the baby was going to turn out dark. And yeah. I even heard some people like, yeah, but you know, genetics can skip, you know, so <laughs> they could, she, the baby could have been as dark as the mum. And I'm just thinking, okay. As dark as the grandmother. Um, and do don't we, kill me. Do, do we, like, really? Are we going with that? Is that not a stretch? <laughs> like, um, and even if it, even if it was possible, is it appropriate? What, what do you want to gain from that? If the answer was black as the night sky is how this baby <laughs> is going to come out, what then? You've already done everything you can to. to, to to make him part of the disenfranchised part of the institution mm. 
you've stripped him of his security. You've stripped him. You've changed the title to mean that he can no longer be really an heir to a throne. He's not a prince anymore. You mm-hmm. what? Mo- You're doing that anyway, and the baby's white. So what um, more could you do to him if the baby was black or dark mm. skin? Let me say. I so yeah. I mean, it wasn't. None but do of you think? Surprising, yeah. Do you think that if actually that doesn't even make sense? But you like you just said, he's not even dark skinned like that, so it doesn't really make sense. What I was gonna say the is, baby's white. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so what I was gonna say is, um, if. Actually, no, it doesn't. You know, I was actually trying. I was trying to think of a reason as to maybe they would change their mind to the title being revoked and stuff if no. the baby was, but the baby is. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's so I funny can't. actually because I think they care about preserving whiteness so much that even if you look white, but we know that there's a hint of blackness, we already don't want you mm. because I don't know. Unless that baby actually, maybe gets I can't darker. Lie. Maybe that baby will get darker with time or something. I don't know, but that baby is white. If you white if you knew nothing, if you saw that baby for the first time in nursery and his grandmother came to it, you would not think the grandmother's picking up that baby. You'd be looking for the black baby in the classroom. That baby is white. I feel like if Harry was William, as in he was due to be king or whatever, I don't even think this conversation would be happening <laughs> at all. Because I don't think they would have even allowed him to even marry Meghan in the first place. I also sometimes think if Harry was essentially Harriet and the brothers were sisters and she married a black man, would the character assassination be the same of the black man as it has been of a black woman? And my conclusion, just by brief review of how the media has defamed black women versus black men. And this is not even me trying to create a polarizing agenda and and pit them against each other. But I I don't think it would be the same. I don't think it would have been nearly as terrorizing if it was a black man. Me either. No, no chance. Hmm. Damn, all these different things that you never... You know, when you just start thinking of the different kind of perspectives, like, oh, wow, if it was like this, the whole narrative would be so would different. completely change. What? But I wonder if... I wonder if they would have even been able to... So you see how Harry's kind of, you know, been like, okay, this enough is enough. I need to get my family out of this country and all of this kind of stuff. Would that have been possible if it was Harriet? I don't know, you know, because... I think, obviously, they have tried to say that, you know, oh, Meghan's influenced Harry, blah, 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 blah. But I think coming from, like, from Harry's mouth as a man, him saying that, no, this was my decision, blah, 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 I think it's a little bit more believable because it's coming from a man and he's white. Mm-hmm. But if it was a, a mixed-race person that Harriet, the white woman, had married, yeah. they'd be thinking, this man has kidnapped this woman. They would. They Facts. would. Facts. They would be saying, take him, fine. Take it to Africa, where you both belong. Guys, <laughs> that's where you're from. You. That's what they'd say. Facts. Facts. Yeah. Oh, no. The way, they, the way they treat us is crazy. And sorry, this is like completely off topic, but I just remembered this because it came up because obviously Sharon has been doing the most. I didn't even know this woman was even about that. Like, I forgot about her completely. What? Who are you? Anyway, um... When Carrot, 
her name her daughter's name's Karen, right? Kelly. Kelly, that's I can see exactly why you said the word Karen, but her name is Kelly. <laughs> she was like, oh. People no, people like, people replaced Kelly with Karen. <laughs> okay, maybe that's why I got confused. And um, they did that with Sharon as well, to be fair. But anyway, she was just like, Well, you know, if Donald Trump sends all the Latinos back to um their countries, then who's gonna clean your toilet, Donald Trump? She thought she would have you not seen that, TK? She thought she was doing something was about her shouting at a black woman for this think, was this was a while ago. Here. I'm the one that should be crying. Me thinking. So I'm talking about Kelly Osborne now. Was the one oh, that okay, was so like, "Who's going to come?" This is Ke- this is Kelly, but this was years ago. Like I think um, when Donald Trump was saying, "Build the wall, build the wall," whatever. She came onto live daytime. She thought she Ooh. did something. Ooh. She's like, who's going to clean your toilet, Donald Trump? And then the other coast says, no, that's not only, that's not what Latinas do. It's not only Latinas. Yeah, but I didn't mean, come on, come on. You know what I mean? That, what do you mean? Come on, come on. That's what you said. It's crazy. I, I just... What? You I'm know when someone video. feels I'm like they've, watch it. you know when someone feels like they've done something, like they've said, they've gone did. in. She thought she was gonna get all the claps. She didn't get any. She was on her own. Like, yeah, I was like, nice. damn, you're so it's so peak that this is live because they can't even edit that out. You're finished. <laughs> you're fin- you know when you have to just leave someone and be like, well, I'm so sorry. There's yeah. nothing I can do now. We're so glad you're I'm a guest that you're not an actual co-host because this show would have been going down. <laughs> um, who's gonna clean your toilet, Donald Trump? This is how these lot see us, you know. Why are she just there to just pick up their litter off the floor? Like. <clears throat> This slave mentality is definitely... But honestly, but then even within that, like, I think... I'm not here to the whole BAME alliance Mm. collaboration. Mm -hmm. There are model minorities and there are minorities that are seen as minorities. Like, there's no Mm -hmm. model in that. So, I had a... Fuck, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Oh, I can't remember now. It'll come to me. Come to me. I'm thinking, is it was it about the fact that it's Latinos are still being seen as something? And I was saying, like, clean your, pick up your litter. Like, they just see us as there to. I mean, they're still contributing to society. Worry. No pressure. Okay. No pressure. <laughs> really struggling, like I'm trying to draw <laughs> what I was thinking. Can't remember. But I'm even just thinking, Shad, as as bad as that is, yeah, that is honestly really bad. But like I just said. Even that is still they're doing something helpful, as in like it's still Who something mean that's the... contributing to society. In terms, of, if you want to start putting them as that title, that's I just feel like mm. if, if it was a black person, they wouldn't she wouldn't even be able to say that. She would be she wouldn't even have something to say. She would just be like, do you know what I mean? Like, what what do black people wait? Do? Sorry, we confused. So I'm talking back to the point that you said that um she said that kelly. oh yeah yeah kelly said oh well you know latinas who's going to clean your your toilet who's going to clean your toilet for example but even mm. though cleaners are let's say they're seen as the bottom of society and stuff it's obviously still contributing to society but i'm thinking mm. if she was about black people i have no idea what she'll say it'll probably be something like drugs <laughs> it'll probably be something something that's so like <laughs> oh, it's, true. it's true like i don't think that she'll even yeah. think of anything so it's just like even in well, that case, so we best believe we're belief that best believe we are below that so Oh, that, I get what you're saying. That she's yeah. saying that 
oh, the Latinas, they're above us and they're cleaning the toilets. <laughs> what would she have said for black yeah, people? Facts. I don't know I'm what she would have. And I'm thinking, yeah, it would definitely have to be worse. It would have to be something that's not contributing to society. Like, that's what, that's what I want to touch on where TK mentioned BAME. It's like, even in that, like you said, there's yeah. people who are who are still seen as contributors to society. There's still some good parts. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. for the Asian community, yeah, you can say some of them, it's this, some of them, that, but they also be like, oh, yeah, but, you know, but they do, we do have some doctors there. Do you know what I mean? Like, they do give us some sort of thing. That, oh, yeah. There's always something they could do. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you ask black people now, I don't know what black people do. Think about yeah, the black... fact that who, who was it that shot Trayvon Martin? Hmm. Wasn't a white man. <laughs> it mm. wasn't. <laughs> a white man. When you Facts. think about what Eva Longoria said off the back of the George Floyd protests, mm-hmm. she's not a white woman. Mm-hmm. And true, so there are so true. many examples of which, again, we're the site of abuse, but not just from white counterparts. I say counterparts yeah, no because inverted commas. But also minorities. So then to kind of be lo- like, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like lumped groups, together. Groups lumped mm. all together as this bane hmm. as if we all share the same experience i'm thinking experience no way oh, and i remember what i was going to say about the other thing i was oh, yeah. and i don't know how i was going to relate it back but i was going to say the fact that diane abbott received she received 45 percent of the complaints of all female mps leading up to the election and bear in mind this is the same um this is the same government that theresa may was in who contributed as the Home Secretary to the departure of an entire community of people that came here with British passports. Mm. Yet a black woman Mm. who had no involvement received 45% of complaints of all female MPs. Mm. And, like, when you think about things like that, like, the involvement, like, the, the, the horrendous involvement of a white woman and you put that next to just and that's not to say that diana abbott hasn't had some some moments of history where you're thinking what's going on here mm. <laughs> like <laughs> you didn't you didn't you didn't relay that information or that wasn't the clarity in that wasn't wasn't all together um, <laughs> that's not to say that she hasn't had those moments but the the scope for fault when it comes mm. to black women mm. is this oh and i say this to the audio that that's very small Mm. <laughs> I'm putting up a side is very small next to the scope and the range of which in which white women can make mistakes mm-hmm. and then are afforded the possibility of forgiveness yeah is just oh my gosh. so so unparalleled like it's it's so disproportionate Mm-hmm. that it's unbelievable it just it gives us no as i said it gives us no room for empathy and mm-hmm. sometimes there's mm-hmm. no room for hope because you think if mm-hmm. i make a mistake what what, what can i do i yeah I, I i can't do anything because there's mm-hmm. there's no scope for us to make mistakes we have to be perfect at mm-hmm. every single moment of time and mm-hmm. on a micro level that's why when we're thinking about like going to work and looking perfect and trying to wear makeup and trying to have our yep. hair on point and trying yep. to wear heels and mm-hmm. meanwhile people yep. are saying why are you trying to look like you're doing the most really because if i didn't do the most guess what you'd call me all the derogatory slurs that yep. you're saying behind your closed doors would be coming out of your mouth because you think it's justified yeah do you know what facts. i think and it, yeah go on i was just gonna say that is exactly facts and that is how i felt i think i've said this on the pod before so whatever man um that's exactly how i felt 
that's exactly how I felt when I first came into my into my firm because I was the only black person on my grad scheme and I'm not talking about only black woman I'm talking about only black person and my grad scheme at the time was three years long and across all three years and across all the cohorts I was the only black person when I told you I was like I actually have to be perfect like there's no room for error here because I'm the only one so if I if I mess up they're gonna assume that I'm representing the whole community and then I'm here trying to improve diversity and inclusion, blah, 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 but I'm doing a trash job. And I said this to someone one time and they were like, oh my gosh, do you feel that pressure? And I was like, absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. absolutely. Of course I feel that pressure. Not that I should. I'm not that I should be the spokesperson of all black women across the UK. Like, why should I be doing that? But ultimately I feel that pressure. It can never catch me looking scruffy to work ever, period. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill me but do you know what i think it's so true and some people they they kind of sit there and think okay why why are all these people getting annoyed at what's going on like it's not you do you know what i mean like you're not the one that's married into the royal family and it's kind of like i don't really see why it's triggering and it's 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 mainly the points you guys have raised right now is the fact that it's literally something that we will deal with we literally face the same kind of scrutiny in our everyday lives so when you do see something like that happening it is triggering okay yeah fair enough i'm not marrying no prince harry listen our man's been single and that okay cool no need to rub it in my face yeah but <laughs> it's still very very triggering um and yeah like that's what the reason why for me like i get so emotional when it happens like when these sort of things come out and it's not even no offense it's not even just about the actual situation at hand but it's the fact that i know that like I literally can relate to this um yep. and the fact that that every is being put time. on a, yeah every single time in fact nearly every single day and the fact that that's being put on a public platform and it's like it's being shared and people still don't empathize with it then how on earth are they going to em empathize with me when I'm just you know I mean in my own everyday life if you can't mm. empathize with something being put on a public platform for everyone to see then how on earth are you going to feel empowered in your in your life you're gonna feel so insignificant which is why i think this fault thing is such a a key message to draw out is the fact that there's literally no room at all for error and i literally no. feel that pressure wherever i go i cannot make a mistake and if i make a mistake i'm finished always. yeah it's not even just twice you know what i that narrative about twice is good i don't even think it's about being good it's just about not being it's just about not making an error like it's not about just being twice as good it's literally it depends just... how you're looking at it if you're trying to get into the industry you have to be twice as good if you're already there then there's no room for error do you get what i mean mm, okay yeah i kind of see that to be honest but i still think of it as they're trying to find the fault rather than trying to see whether you're as good like let it's me never tell been... you twice as good yeah because mm. i'm sure we're slightly digressing but i have a way to bring us back on track um I was doing, I was writing a white paper for diversity or whatever, and I came across this statistic that showed that <clears throat> black people who went to the same university as white people, for example, even if they got a first class degree, which you can't get higher than that, they're still less likely to get a job than a white man who got a 2-2 from that same university. You have to be, that's not even twice as good, that's like three times as good, because a 2-2, that's like how many grades down? Um, mm. which is why I was saying to even break into areas, you have to be twice as good. Once you're there, if you're trying to progress, there's no room for error, period. None. Mm. Especially mm. if you're the only one. But mm. unless anyone has anything to say, to bring us back on track to what you're saying um, about the whole scrutiny thing and not being, um, not being able to make mistake, I feel like we've seen that this week with Piers Morgan. 
the way mm. he stormed off the things that he said and he was still offered the opportunity to apologize and keep his job you think if a black woman said half of the things that he said and stormed off and saying i'm not doing this anymore you think that she time she was blacklisted we had never seen her again all right, oh, sorry, did you, see, did, did you see the cameras when they were when he was like oh yeah you know what i mean like i i have a right he even backed up what he was saying do you know what i mean he's really pushing yeah yeah i saw that it. i'm thinking wait hold on what you would that not happened? even be given the opportunity to even after the fact be able to explain yourself or express how you're feeling if you're black are you are you joking you if we compare something. black women to black women uh, black women to white women the the level of whatever like not being able to go, be good but that's already vast but then if you compare black women to white men forget it it's <laughs> even Dumb. interesting i hate to keep bringing up colorism but i think it's a really really uh, uh, important discussion within within and outside of the community that if alex was bursford beresford alex yeah. Beresford, the man who um who out essentially outed uh, the weatherman who outed Piers. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why it made me laugh when you said the weatherman. And I think it was because Piers was like, you don't even need to be here anymore. It's going to be stormy all week. You can, you can leave now. No, what's funny? I actually trash. didn't watch it. So I had no clue how he went from his where he normally is to the, to the <laughs> to main out stage. The yeah. <laughs> I just, I always see that clip. So for me, contextually, I'm always thinking, how, I know they had beef how up until like the exchange prior to that. So maybe they thought, let's spice it up and bring him on. But like, how <laughs> did he get there? He's never there. But hmm. yeah, I think if he <laughs> was, I had no clue how he got there. Main, <laughs> front, center. Like he's now all over CNN. He's on Fox. Yeah. He's everywhere. And I'm thinking, when did you get to the main stage like i just i've never seen you here before like, what, what happened but sorry can i just say that that adds on to the fact that when they you know it's true but that adds up to the fact that when it comes to black you know when you need someone to kind of represent black people like they always try to choose someone that they already know that's kind of in do you know what i mean like they well, only go I, the on. only reason i don't agree with that is because he had already had an exchange with peers the day before on twitter Okay. Yeah, okay. he had, he yeah. had said, and bear in mind they've worked along each other, alongside each other for a while now. And I mm. think, I mean, as this sounds like I'm really patronising him because he's a weatherman, and which I'm not at all, but mm. because he kind of is on the fringes of the program anyway. Yeah, I think mm. they don't really have an exchange in terms of like, and I can imagine that being rooted in hierarchy anyway. Like, not mm. only am I on main stage, I'm prime time, and I'm Piers Morgan so yeah. don't chat mm. to me and mm. i think everyone's always bit their lip, lip around him and then alex had said on twitter like you've berated this woman for so long have you ever thought about the fact this is a pregnant woman chill he mm. essentially just said relax mm. and mm. peers came back with whatever peers said and i mm. think off the back of that the production probably for ratings reasons were like yeah. let's put this him on, on front front and center that that's what i can imagine happened but what mm -hmm. i was point, going to point to in terms of the colorism stuff is that i wonder if he wasn't mixed race i mm. wonder if he was a black woman or black man and peers reacted by saying like oh my god i wonder and walking off i wonder if they would have been seen as bullying and they would have been mm -hmm. seen as someone that was like or that was completely unacceptable the way that he spoke to peers or if he was given alex was given the 
was kind of let off whitely mm. because of his proximity to whiteness. That again might be me stretching it, and I'm really willing. No, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think you are. But, I don't think you are. I can't imagine if it, if it was a black woman, Doctor Shola. Was, <laughs> if it was. <laughs> Oh my gosh! No, they would say that they are that he they are one hundred percent billion peers. Like it would definitely be a billion narrative. Oh, period. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine? Ah, oh, all these. No, things. The, the kind because of black. I have a... No, go ahead. Okay, what I was gonna say is, in terms of Piers Morgan, yeah, I feel like the reason why so many people, including white people, don't like Piers Morgan or feel a type of way about Piers Morgan is because he always he's he also goes against things that um white people like as well or white people do as well so in terms of like women's rights um stuff with like the LGBT all this gender gender neutral gender thing so because he goes against a lot of those things I think people were joining on the bandwagon of this whole Meghan Markle thing because at the end of the day if Piers Morgan was a was a straight up guy he never really said that much but maybe he just said some things about Meghan Markle I don't think he would get he would have got the uproar that he would have but because he's always going at things that white people are a part of as well you know when we said like um yeah all these groups in terms of like LGBT like their proximity to whiteness and all that stuff because they are involved in things like that the reason why people were like oh yeah we need to get peers off we need to get peers off is because he also attacks those things as well. And I'm just thinking, wait, maybe if, what if he just attacked Meghan Markle and wasn't really attacking all these other other situations and things Nothing like that? Happened. What would people be saying? Because if the I reason he's yeah. even been, you know, he was asked to apologise or leave is because of the mental, um, the mental health things that he mm. said about like, her students. It wasn't because... It wasn't because of the racist comments, like, no. It was because ITV had done a mental health awareness thing, a mental health awareness week, which I think was, was that recently or was that last year? And then obviously he now came and said, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't um, believe people. that. That was why. It was not because of, they really don't care about us enough for him, for them to kick Sorry, can I him ask off. a question? Hmm. Do you guys feel like Piers Morgan is racist? I think he benefits off racism and has no problem with it. I think that's how I'd put it. And he's aware of what that and has no problem with, with that. I 100% agree with that and the fact that he benefits off of it. But yeah, that's actually a very good point. Is he himself racist? But the thing is, though, do you guys really care about whether people are racist or not? I care more about whether they're anti-racist. If you're not racist, okay, but what are you actually do? If you're going to be my friend, it's not good enough for you to just not be racist because what happens if somebody says something to me in the street? You're just going to stand there and be like, well, it's not any of, well, it's not my problem. I think if you're not anti-racist, to me, you're racist. Personally, I might be drastic mm-hmm. in my, the way I approach that. But if you do nothing... It's almost like the saying where it's like your silence is complete. If you're silent, you're complicit kind of thing. Mm, If you're aware of which we've now got to the stage, like I used to be in the camp of being like a lot of white people don't know and they're ignorant and this and this and this and this, which whether or not that was true is besides the point because post George Floyd is now undeniable. If you're in a Western context, it is undeniable 
that institutional racism is, is a thing and black people are still feeling marginalized and still are marginalized mm. and now if you're aware of that and you're choosing not to actively counter and dismantle that your existence and your you being um situated within that and benefiting benefiting off it that is you being a racist like you don't have to scream nigger to me like you really don't have to scream nigger to me you, oh yeah absolutely um yeah you benefiting and you knowing that meritocracy doesn't exist or isn't weighed in our favor but nepotism works for you mm. that whilst you that that hasn't affected me at all directly but indirectly that's not just affected me that's affected my legacy that's institutional mm. and into mm. intergeneration intergenerational generational yeah no transgenerational maybe generational we'll go with generational <laughs> that's generational so um i don't really i i've passed the stage of needing or even seeing the benefits of calling a single agent a racist because mm. that doesn't really do anything to me than just penetrate my skin but institutional racism penetrates mm. my humanity and my yes. legacy's humanity yeah so um, uh yeah I, I yeah he could be a racist my answer to that then is yeah he could be yeah he could be it would potato potato i don't care but he benefits off it in which case we're talking about a much bigger and mm. much, a much wider much broader and much more contextual ideology that we can begin to grapple with yeah mm. i agree tell me what do you think i don't think that he's racist i just feel like he plays up to the white privilege and he knows that he has white privilege. So he just plays up to that because I think with the whole Meghan Markle thing, I don't think it's a racism thing. I think you're just burning. She's not your friend. She cut you off. So you just feel like you're going to use this whole thing to, to go against her and try and bring her down. And the fact that she's biracial or, or black, I think it just adds to it i don't know whether mm. i don't think he's i don't think he's i don't think he's a racist but i just feel like it's the white privilege again like that is what is driving his um mm. whole mentality and things like that and also when it came to like when i was thinking about it when he walked off stage yeah, i was thinking like when we said earlier like that's that white privilege walking off stage saying this is oh, my yeah. show man said this is my <laughs> show well, clearly isn't. You're gone. No longer your show. <laughs> <laughs> and the show will carry on. But, um, sorry, I know this is getting long, but I have a question as well. Um, how? What's her name? Suzanne. What's that babe's name that sits next to him? Suzanne. Mm. How Susanna do you guys... Reed or Suzanne Reed. Susanna, maybe. Suze something. Um... I saw a lot of like tweets and stuff recently this week um, and I thought that they were actually all on point and they were basically saying like she is so complicit because all she really does really is just oh Piers, oh Piers, that's not very nice and do you know one thing that someone said as well was not like, a shaky um, voice fam that's basically I, I really don't know why she's there I almost feel like it just it reiterates Piers's power by her being there because her voice is not even 
it doesn't but resonate, it, also, it doesn't do it anything. It also reflects the gendered power dynamic. I, mm-hmm. I just this think is, she's thank there you. This is, that's why decoration, but almost like, I, she does the role in representation. We have a woman, but almost this is what the woman's here to do, to be the flowery, pretty, mm-hmm. like, um, accomplice to me, yeah. the main ho- it's not a co it's not co when she came on today with her chest saying my co-host i said there's no co-host there there's not a, there's no longer a show i was just gonna say it's so funny because if they bring another white man on the show regardless of the fact that she's been there for what almost five years she's still gonna take that second that second seat facts facts do you yeah. know who they're thinking about replacing her i oh it's annoying because i'm trying to find her name again she is I'm not on Twitter, so I don't I believe she has quite a polarizing audience. She is a I believe um South Asian political commentator. She has done stuff for Labour for Jeremy Corbyn. Hmm. Um is her name Anna something? Oh gosh. Um she says a lot of stuff that are controversial, but she can kind of she she has enough presence where she has fans who are older and fans who are younger Anna oh what is her name but they uh, people have been saying she's the kind of person the kind of person that has an uh, is young enough to be able to grab and have like a proximity to the young generation but has a mature enough approach to be able to access kind of older people um and she's she's an indian woman i mean yes but i i because i don't know enough about her i watched one podcast that she did with someone else called moyo i think and it was a really good podcast and she seemed really really good Mm. but when i reposted it it seemed like a lot of people knew who she was and didn't necessarily like her so i don't even (laughs) want to die on the hill of being like yes she's for the culture or whatever because i don't know much about her I'm going to try they and find the person. Really person. Her name's Ash, Ash Saka, by the way. Oh, I'm trying to see. Oh, wow, she's young. Yeah, yeah. Young, before. young. She's done Ash- a lot oh, of work. Oh, her. Oh, her. Yeah, okay. new people knew her. Yeah, interesting. Is she, is she polarizing? I actually haven't really heard her. I've oh. just seen her face. She's come onto things like... Um, Good Morning Britain and things like that before to debate stuff. Like, I think she would be. I don't think no. Wow, it's 28. a no for me. It's a no for me. Sorry, it's a no for me. Do you know what it is? Just yeah, a quick one like that. As no. bad as bad as bad as Piers Morgan is. Hand on my heart, because sometimes Piers gets it, and sometimes he don't. And this time he didn't. But I am gonna miss the. I'm gonna miss. The him having an opinion that is not the majority and the good thing about that show is that he was um able to debate very not very well but it was a lot of back and forth so that's what that that's what was good about that show and that's what made a lot of people go back that's why they got the millions of views that they did on individual youtube videos because of the back and forth and the I don't really understand. I'm not a cyst man. I'm not a cyst anything. That's what he was trying to say. Like, all of those things. That's That was great TV. No one's mm-hmm. watching it now. Sorry. 
I'm sorry. When Paul Piers Morgan left, I, I thought maybe he was gonna come back and say goodbye. I didn't see the goodbye. I said, oh goddamn. I said, goddamn, he's gone. Do you think great TV is great TV if it's at the expense of people though? That's what I was True. gonna say. We mm, shouldn't I, have to. I, no, but I'm not. I'm not talking about. No, but I wasn't talking about it in terms of the Megan thing. I was talking about it, like the other stuff that he debates and stuff. I thought like the Megan thing. I was like, yeah, that like, <laughs> that is too I far. And I think this is what we do a lot in and i'm not getting getting onto you or whatever but i'm just saying that i feel like yeah. we do this a lot like we try and separate it and we try and say that oh like he did it sometimes but he's like he's good at he's a good host or whatever like he's good at his job but kind of like i don't know i just i feel like that's how these people we don't get that same hall pass by the way like the mm. way that you're speaking mm. about him now is in like oh you know he only said a few racist things here or there oh sorry that's not what you said, but you get what I mean. We don't get that same hall pass. The, yeah. the moment we make a mistake, we're we're gone. And I think that the reason that we're so outraged with what's going on with Megan, and a lot of what Piers Morgan says is because it pertains to us and our existence and our humanity. But a lot of the things that are on the fringes of that, that we can be like, yeah, but he talked about cis and saying I'm not a cis this and I'm not a cis that. If you're a trans person, that is equally as traumatic um, uh, mm, a narrative 100%. to hear. And to, for that to be impressed upon you, because that, to me that might be a ha ha yeah a two spirit penguin. But if you think about it, if you believe genuinely, and this isn't even me trying to delve into the transgender agenda, like I, I'm not even trying to mm. go into that. But if you genuinely believe that you are either born in the wrong body, or 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 it's a disorder, or whatever side of this this debate you 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 land on, but either way, the conclusion is you are having a traumatic your existence is is consistent perpetual trauma and mm -hmm. it's being facetiously dealt with and and broadcasted to the to the national community mm. i don't care if, if if that was great viewing figures you're mm. you're destroying mm. someone's life life and humanity number one but second of all the danger in it and this is where people need to have an accountability when it comes to your position of influence is that you are you're you're broadcasting very damaging and influential um mm. material or arguments that could actually later lead to very dangerous situations and compromising um compromising situations for members of that community which is why mm. i really appreciate the story that's going on around right now that's being like yes you might not believe megan mike markle might not believe or might not ever see that mm. you don't believe that she's suicidal but your friends will Mm. And that is, yeah. it, mm. it puts it into perspective of what these things do. And yeah, it's the reason why it's like, I think it's his time to go. I mean, his time to go has been coming. It's been pending. Thanks. But it's the right decision. I think we've come to a stage where if we're willing to put our money where our mouth is and say we want to live in a society where we value people's existence and their humanity as if it's our own, then we cannot use and abuse um, these kind of very sensitive topics for viewing pleasure mm. yeah true thank you so much for listening guys and thank you so much to tk for being our special guest um we really appreciate it as always our podcast drop on monday so please make sure you stay tuned for that and also let us know what you think on our instagram and on our twitter both are at btspod underscore and yeah Bye, guys. We'll speak to you guys in our next one. Bye. 
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com